0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the world-famous Field Street Students podcast where we discuss how to not be a moron in a world filled with them. I'm your host, Taylor. All I ask is you subscribe and share, but really, we're just glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody. And today we have a very, actually the very most special guest for today's episode. She is my best friend. She's my so sweet. sweetheart, my darling. She's the apple of my eye.
1: You should sing that song for
0: Nicole them. Nicole Dunn. How are we, Nicole?
1: I'm wonderful. Wonderful. I'm nervous.
0: Can you be any better? Um, Alright. Alright. So, <laughs> what we wanted to do today is give you seven biblical principles in finding the one. The one. The one. I think we have maybe all um, asked ourselves a question at some point, man, how do I find or how do I know when God has brought the one into my life? So maybe you're 13 and single, maybe you're 18 and dating, or somewhere in between, um, and you've thought to yourself, man, well, how do I know? Uh, when, what do I look for in the one? What are some characteristics? Who Do I already know the one? Or maybe you've sought out maybe some advice or wisdom uh, from someone you know and trust, and ask like, something along those lines in that question. Uh, so what we've done is talked a little bit about um, our own experience uh, through our own dating lives, uh, not only each other, but others, and our uh, engagement relationship, our marriage, how we've seen God prove himself faithful, not only in our own lives, uh, but lives of others. And we've identified for you, and what we want to share with you today, is seven biblical principles in finding the one. So let's jump right into them. Number one, in Seven Biblical Principles and Finding the One, pray for them now. Pray for them now. So, like I said a minute ago, whether you're 13, 18, single, dating, maybe you're in one of those it's complicated relationships, regardless, what we want to encourage you to do is pray for your spouse now. Pray for them them today. Yeah, even if you don't know them. I mean, um, and chances are you would say, yeah, I don't I don't you think don't I know, know them. them. And you probably don't know them. Don't know but them. pray for them today. So, Nicole, before we ever dated, were you praying for me?
1: When I was a teenager, I wish somebody would have told me the value of prayer. I think it would have saved me a lot of heartache. Mm. Because when I was a teenager, I dated... But there's no way I prayed for them. And I never prayed for you. And I think I wasted a lot of time. But once I started praying for you, I had a peace about who it was. Not necessarily because I knew you, but because it narrowed down my options.
0: Right. In, like, and I came, I don't you know when that time came, I just came swooping in. And the moment yeah, you saw me in. the moment you saw me, you just fell hopelessly in love, and it was history from there.
1: but when I was praying for my spouse, probably beginning of college, things started to make sense, and I didn't really date very much because I was in tune with you know who God wanted me to be with. Hmm. So when a guy came by, and I prayed about it. God kind of gave me wisdom, you know, that's him, or that's not him, or sure, go on a date with that guy, I'll reveal to you within your first few dates, if that's him or not. Sure,
0: and I think it's interesting too, you know, what prayer, prayer, regardless of what you're praying for, what prayer does is align our hearts with God's, and that, Mm -hmm. the very same thing applies to when it comes to our love lives, our romantic relationships, you know, because I think, and we'll talk more about this here in a minute, but we all have like uh, these characteristics that we like want in our uh, significant other. I remember a lot. I don't know why we did this so often, but like when I was younger, maybe college, high school, uh, we would kind of just play a fun game of, hey, what are your like five like top qualities you want in a wife, yeah. or if it was mixed company, it was what are your like five top qualities you want in a husband, and we all had like this like this perfect person, we'll talk more about this, but like this perfect person, but when we're praying for our spouse, what you'll see quickly is your desires for what you want in a spouse are gonna align um, Mm -hmm. with God's. And it's interesting, you brought up how um, you uh, dated and and when you were a teenager and lacked that principle of praying for your spouse, because you and I, we came from very different homes, very upbringings. Um, You know, the faith of our homes looked a lot different. So I was taught from a young age to pray for my spouse, um, even in my mm-hmm. teenage years. Did I do it very often? No. But it was something that was on my mind. I began to do it uh, later in high school, senior year, um, into college, pray for my spouse. And what I would tell the Lord was, God, I don't think I know this person. Maybe I do, though. Um, it 's pretty shocking, I think like ninety five percent or something of people who are eighteen actually already know their future spouse, whether they realize it or not. Um, but I would pray and say god i don 't think i, th- I don 't think I know this person, but maybe I do, but regardless, I just want to lift them up to you right now. Would you mm-hmm. be with them? Would you bless them? Would you protect them um, spiritually and physically and emotionally, um, and just continue, I think as you 're already doing, but just prepare us uh, to come together. In that romantic relationship, so we want to encourage you to do the first biblical principle I wanted to give you in finding the one is pray for them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've ever heard me preach or teach, I'm a lot about like applicable stuff, like what you can do. And this is something you can do, like now, like as soon as and you keep turn. Keep a off-
1: journal too, because I had a friend in college who, you know, wrote to her future husband, even though she didn't know him. She and had a husband box. She had a husband box. like, it was like- Next yeah, level. like she collected things for him, wrote multiple journals for him, like started diligently praying for him. I think when she was sixteen, so the day they got married, she got to hand over this box of just prayers, of and it's cool. that's just awesome to see God, you know, provide that sure. for her, and you know she didn't she didn't date anybody really before her husband because she knew. She, you know, God communicated with her because she was praying about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, who he was. Yeah. And that's just, that would just, I'm sure her husband felt amazing on their wedding day. Like, oh, wow, sure. so special.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, so we want to encourage you. First, principle, biblical principle and finding the one. Pray for them now. And we always talk about uh that that guy or that girl of our dreams, um, and some people will say, I married the girl or I married the guy of my dreams. And I've kind of said from the time we got married, you know, I didn't marry the girl of my dreams, but I married the girl of my prayers. Uh, and I don't say that to be cheesy or cliche, but really, I really think that the the, the girl or the guy of our prayers is even much better than mm-hmm. the girl or the guy of our dreams. So, number one, pray for them. Now, number two, date to marry. Date to marry. And kinda in along that like thinking along that those lines of that principle is like take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um so one maybe like sub principle or one sub point under that would be don't date just because everybody else is. Yeah. Like don't do it
1: Or because it feels good. Or because
0: it feels good or because there's the pressure of society or the pressure of your friends or pressure of whoever that tells you that you have to. Or you look around and say, well, all my friends have a boyfriend, all my, other girl- all my friends have a girlfriend, whatever, and say, well, I must have to. And then mm-hmm. do it in such this casual manner where nine times out of ten, somebody just really gets hurt. Yeah. So instead, it's date, it. it's not worth it. So instead, uh, just date to marry. I can't think, I can't count how many, you know, friends I had or maybe just classmates, maybe acquaintances I had in high school who I looked at and I said, man, you were literally just dating just to say that you have a girlfriend, just Mm -hmm. to say that you have a boyfriend. Um, And I I really think I can honestly say a lot more damage was done than good Mm -hmm. in those situations. Um, So when you talk about um, dating to marry, maybe put simply, just take it seriously. Um, Literally, I mean... It doesn't you know it doesn't we're not saying like only date somebody if you think you're going to marry them. I think yeah. that would be a little extreme <laughs> and a little ridiculous um but dating to marry in the sense of like courting them, taking it seriously like in the same way that you would aim to glorify and honor God with your marriage aim mm-hmm. to glorify and honor God with your your dating relationship I
1: think I dated in high school and a lot of times because I was looking for fulf- for fulfillment in areas where it wasn't gonna fill me, no. I felt I like I needed attention. I needed um, for that hole to be filled, and truthfully, I was not being. I was already a bride, mm. like I was. I was already the bride of Christ, and I was not giving Him any time of day, and I so I wasn't being filled. Yeah, and so I wasted a lot of time just. Dating to try to fill that instead of dating for a spouse, dating to sure. marry.
0: And man, we could spend a whole, we could take a whole other podcast, spend hours about talking mm-hmm. about how um, the the miserable pos- place you're putting yourself in, how you're positioning yourself to just get horribly hurt and fail mm-hmm. if you're placing your hope, your faith, your identity in another person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because that that I just don't want to go
1: like on to say don't a lot of people just date because it's cool sure because truthfully you know we all have our hurts our home lives don't always none of our home lives are perfect but some are not as um loving as others and so you know if you're if you have a hole in your heart you know where you don't feel loved just don't search for that in just another person absolutely not
0: (laughs) and I think too it's just
1: gonna lead to heart
0: and I, I don't mean this to um, kind of cancel out or contradict what I said earlier about how we pick some characteristics that we uh, want in the person uh, that we're going to date. But on some level, do that um, in the sense of like, we hope that if you love the Lord and are following him, that you would desire to marry someone who loves the Lord and is aiming to follow him. So I think it makes a lot of sense, this isn't rocket science, but date someone who loves the Lord. Uh, in his and is aiming to follow. And it's obvious. Um, may even when it gets to the point of marriage, um, like in our marriage, may Jesus always be number one and we be number two. So here's
1: too a lot of people in high school say they're Christians and you say, Oh, well I can date them because they say they're a Christian but they don't act like a Christian. Sure.
0: Sure. And I know some people disagree with me. I don't I don't I don't love the whole missionary dating thing. In fact, I would like Ryan ain't gonna do it in the missionary. And what I mean by missionary dating is, uh, yeah, they're not a Christian now, but if I date them, they'll come to church, they'll get saved, boom. Whereas, like, I don't, that uh, might work sometimes, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I not don't, as a teenager. Not as a sure. teenager, I would, I would probably, I would probably beg you to go the other route. So seven biblical principles to find the one. Number one, pray for them now. Number two, date to marry. Number three, this one I really like. Value yourself. My favorite. Why is it your favorite?
1: Because I know what it's like to not value yourself.
0: Mm.
1: You're so, so important that God from the day you were born has been equipping your spouse for you. He loves you that much that He has he already has that person picked out. And that I mean, I just I never truly believed that. I I think I was told that, but I never believed that and it's because of how much he loves you it's not just because he you know knows what's going to happen it's because he cares so much that he is he is crafting that person perfectly for Mm -hmm. you
0: yeah and you talk about how you know biblically what marriage is is two coming together to be one not making each other perfect but you know really Completing each other in a lot of sense, complimenting each other. We talk about a lot how, you know, I have weaknesses, uh, that are complemented by your strengths, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You have insecurities that I've affirmed, and vice versa. Um, and you know, it's a it's a very cheesy and cliche thing to say that, you know, I you are my better half, but in a very real sense, like, you're my other half. Like if if the Bible says that two come together and become one. Um, God has done such a work and like you said has prepared uh, us to be together before uh, we were even born but a huge part of that is following yourself so I would say you know not only pray for them but pray for yourself, value
1: yourself. believe and that value God yourself. loves you that much to do that for you
0: mm. that's good
1: it's one thing to know but it's another thing to believe it
0: It's right pray for them now date to marry value yourself number four Seven biblical principles and finding the one, except the fact that your life isn't a rom-com. Your life is not a romantic comedy. Like I, I, it drives me insane. Uh, in fact, really more than insane. It just makes me want to throw up. Um, but You're I so see. Dramatic. I'm a little. I am a little dramatic. Very dramatic. But, but seriously, um, how I see um, people, and I, and I'm not gonna say I was like never victim of this. If I wasn't, but how we think, we see what's portrayed uh, in Hollywood, you know, what dating looks like, how two people, like, coming together, and they fall in love instantly, love at first And their sight. first
1: kiss is in the, oh, rain, yeah, it's in the rain, and it's beautiful And there's music
0: playing in the background, and it's perfect Oh man, you and should then, tell them about then, our first kiss Yeah, and then not <laughs> only, let's keep it PG, and then not only <laughs> is, like, not only is, like, the situation perfect, but the other person is perfect that's maybe what drives me crazy from the movies. Is like the, the Hollywood paints this picture of the, this girl or guy as perfect. Like they can do no wrong. They, they immediately came in. They just swept us off our feet. They completely captured our heart's affections and really our minds, maybe imagination in some sense too. But they, they, they've just captivated us. And then, what that does is we say, well, where's that at in my life? And anything that falls short, we become greatly, we feel like we've been failed, maybe Mm -hmm. even by God. And then we we feel like, you know, this isn't for me, this isn't working, maybe that leads to not valuing ourselves, giving up on praying for our spouse, giving ourselves away, whatever that might be. Um, But we gotta accept the fact that our lives are not romantic comedies. (laughs) Um, That perfect person, just blow it up, like that doesn't exist. Um, we have to accept that whoever when, whenever God brings that one into your life what what he 's doing is bringing an imperfect person into your life in order for you all to be together romantically for the glory of god um so are you but, saying
1: we are not perfect
0: I, absolutely well you 're not at perfect. least on at least on your end um <laughs> i 'm just kidding, but yeah, neither of us perfect of course, but we have to accept the fact. That our life is not a rom-com. And why mm-hmm. is that a biblical principle? Well, because the Bible says that we've all fallen short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. In fact, we're all falling short of the glory of God. Um, so, we got to accept this. Life's not a fairy tale. Old Prince Charming. And stop waiting for him, because he doesn't exist. Accept um, the fact that your life is a rom-com. Biblical principle number five on finding the one. I really like this one. Leave room for God to have a say. Mm-hmm. We kind of hinted at this one earlier on saying, uh, back on number one, when we talk about praying for them now, um, leaving room for God to have a say because we were, Nicole and I both agree on this, and I've even talked to some of my best friends and we've said the same thing that we each Nicole, you'd say the same thing, yeah, because you did before we started recording. Uh, I would say this. I know my very close friends would say the same thing. We've had this conversation. How we had this picture before we got married of our wife. I had the picture of my wife,
1: or husband, or husband.
0: But I had the picture of my wife. Not only what she looked like, because I could literally picture her, but like her personality too. Mm -hmm. What you know, what she was like, what she laughed at, like what her, you know, how she talked, all this stuff. And it was like I was like completely like, no God, I got this. I'm gonna find her wherever she's at, and you nothing like no girl my wife that had pictured now let it be said that you're a lot better but you're not what I pictured Mm -hmm. so leave room for God to have a say I I can personally say I've I've actually grown very frustrated with a friend of mine who fell into this fell victim of this just as I did too um but had this picture of his wife and like he was really like not giving other girls a chance because they didn't fit that exact mold. Mm-hmm. He's kind of writing them off. It's like, you got to leave room for God to have a say here.
1: Yeah,
0: And bring that uh, person, whether that's your wife, husband, into um, your life. Let, leave room for God to have a say. I want to move on to number six. Um, biblical principles in finding the one. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can protect ourselves from so much hurt, um, by abiding in this principle, save the marriage stuff for marriage. Save the marriage stuff for marriage. We probably could have come up with a more clever way to say that, but save the marriage stuff for marriage on three levels physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Save the marriage stuff for marriage, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Can we just be bluntly honest with it? We don't have sex. Until you're married.
1: Define sex.
0: Well, <laughs> don't have sex until you're married. Like, like, God, he designed sex. He even says it's good. It's a gift that he's given to man and woman in the context of marriage. And hold on, it's 2019, so let's define marriage. <laughs> a man and a woman. One man, one woman who vowed to love each other for one lifetime. Like one man, one woman, vowing before God to love each other for one lifetime. And in that context, and in that context only, there's really no ands if or buts here, in that context only has God given the gift of sex and given the green light, for lack of a better word, to say that it's okay um, to do. And really, uh, is as weird or... Maybe funny it might be to say, it's really an act of worship to God, if done in the right context. Um, But uh, the reality is that many, I would even say most without having stats in front of me, uh, engage in sexual activity before marriage. Um, And I think most would say, most who follow Jesus today would say that it hasn't ruined their lives or made marriage impossible, but has brought some hurt, brought some baggage, certainly brought some hurt in the present and when it's current. So, save the marriage, stuff for marriage. Uh, physically. Um, and can we just say, can we just adopt the principle to protect ourselves? Um, and there's some really uh, valuable ways you can go about this in protecting yourself. Not not positioning yourself to fall. Um, that means you know if you're dating, um, to not be alone. Um, maybe in the room, in your room with the door shut, with your significant other. Um, maybe not be out too late, whatever that looks like, but not positioning, putting yourself in a position uh, where you're vulnerable to fall. Um, because I think, I think we're in trouble when we say, well, I'm not suspect of falling into that temptation.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the devil's kind of got us in the crosshairs when we think that way. Um, but save the marriage stuff for marriage on the first level being physically. Uh, not only that, though, not just sex, but save the marriage stuff for marriage, meaning emotionally. Uh, there is a, there's a special connection, not only physically, but also emotionally, between a husband and wife. Um, there's some really key boundaries that you need to set as a teenager dating um, emotionally that really, really needs to wait um, mm-hmm. for marriage. And I kind of want to go ahead and go on to the third one and tie them together. But protect or save the marriage stuff from marriage, not only physically, not only emotionally, but also spiritually. There's some stuff spiritually that needs to wait. For marriage um, and Nicole and I even when we were engaged um, like so we were getting ready to get married if you don't know what engaged means but we were engaged and we said you know, we might we I think we prayed together here and there yeah um, but we said we waited to even engage in regular prayer together in quiet, um, times, in and quiet times and sharing you know burdens and what the Lord was teaching us we saved that um, because we really believed that um. There's some boundaries that need to be set. And honestly, I the, kind of the reason I I kind of led that and gave you that is that we waited because I think it a lot of ways ties back to that first thing physically.
1: Mm-hmm. Man, you
0: put yourself in a vulnerable position emotionally and spiritually uh, and you are really positioning yourself to fall.
1: So can we go back to why God says set boundaries physically?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because... I think a lot of people, especially me, growing up, you know, are just told, you know, God says don't have sex until marriage, and that wasn't really like enough for me. I was like, okay, but why? Why? Why can't we? Like, what? I don't understand. Sure. Like, I love him or I love her. God wants me to be happy. Blah blah blah. But the truth is, God is not just saying don't have sex before marriage because he. Just wants to boss you around. Yeah. He's telling it to protect you.
0: Yeah. No, and that's that's really good. Everything
1: God says is out of love.
0: All out of love. Um, and that's really good. And I think, um, you know, I remember as a kid, my parents would tell me not to do something, and I would ask them why. And they would say, because I said so. Mm -hmm. And what a horribly frustrating answer. Like, no, just say, because you said so. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, tell me why. And while I would say God has the absolute right to say, because I said so, um, I I think he gives evidence in his word um, why. Mm -hmm. So I'll share with you 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 18 through 20. Paul writes, flee. From sexual immorality, all other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So he gives this warning, flee, too. From, sexual, yeah, flee from sexual immorality, uh, and then gives this exhortation, like, do you not know? That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, you who is in you, who you received uh, from God, so honor God uh, with your body.
1: Mm-hmm. And let me make something clear too. If you're listening and you have you have gone too far with a, with your partner. Um, it's not too late to start over. Mm-hmm. God is gracious and forgiving, and you can say no now. It's not too late.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to put shame on anybody who has already made those decisions.
0: All right. And, then we have, and if you're a follower of Christ, you put your faith in Christ. He has not designed you to wear shame mm-hmm. or carry shame. Uh, he's bought you with a price. The Bible says that you profess your faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit takes residence in you. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit and totally out of love, not because he's this killjoy God. He has said, honor me with your body. Um, and how we can do that is protecting ourselves physically, saving <laughs> the marriage stuff uh, for marriage. Mm-hmm. And we move to the last one so we're not going on forever. But last biblical principle, and seven biblical principles, in finding the one. Pray for them now. Date to marry. Value yourself. Accept the fact that your life ain't a rom com. Leave room for God to work. Save the marriage stuff for marriage. And lastly, live in the moment. Um, and we phrase it that way, and that can almost kind of sound worldly like, you know, YOLO, you know, kind of live in the moment. Mm-hmm. But. Um, in the real sense, what we mean by that is don't be so looking forward. Don't be like I was my senior year of college. I was at Dallas Baptist University. When you go to DBU, it feels like everybody there finds their spouse at college. Senior year rolled around. I didn't, I hadn't met my wife yet. Wasn't even dating anybody when senior year came. Um, And I I began to become so consumed by this. Not so much that I was worrying, but kind of like, well, am I gonna find my wife in college? And I kind of thought it's gonna be a lot more difficult. I think once I get out in the real world, not college anymore. Um, but I, I really think I feel victim to um, missing out, maybe on how God was currently trying to work in my life, what He was currently trying to teach me, because I was so preoccupied um, with this other thing. Um, so like while it's,
1: it's important right now to, you know, take thought into it and pray for them and adapt all these principles, but don't let it consume you where you're missing out on um, friendships and growth and opportunities that God has for you today that are helping mold you into um, being that person for your spouse one day.
0: Yeah. And remember, like, just, as, just as you're praying, God is protecting your spouse and, and working their life, sanctifying them to make them more like Jesus. He's doing the same um, in your own life so, you know, don't, don't in, in one sense, don't set yourself behind um, and, and be farther back in the game by so preoccupying yourself with something that's in the future. Like Nicole said, give it thought, give it prayer, value it. Um, you know, some of these we mentioned apply to today. Date to Mary. You know, pray for them mm-hmm. now. Uh, leave room for God to have a say. Um, but maybe first and foremost, allow God to minister to your own soul. Love your mm-hmm. own heart. Teach your own heart. Um, today. So, we wanted to give you these seven, seven biblical principles and finding the one. Pray for them now, date to marry, Value yourself, accept your life in a wrong calm, leave room for God to have a say, save the marriage stuff for marriage, and live in the moment. We wanted to give you these because, in some senses, we don't want you to make the same mistakes we did. We want you to learn from that. Um, we love you and care so much about you. Um, we don't want to see you uh, hurt. Uh, even though I think that's part of life that's going to come. Um, mm-hmm. But we believe that it's largely our role uh, to care for you and love you. And then with this being such a uh, serious area, such a big area in all of our lives when it comes to the love life, finding mm-hmm. the one. And that's, like I said, when when we started, that's a question I think we all ask. Um, yeah. So I hope that this was helpful for you today. Yeah, um, if you have
1: any questions or if you just want to talk about one of these, because it hit home with you or, you know, you feel convicted. We are always here for you. Just pull us aside. I'd love to talk with any of you girls. So. Absolutely.
0: I'd love to talk with the guys.
1: I don't, I don't think, really want to talk with the guys. Well, I
0: don't think that'd be appropriate anyway. <laughs> but nonetheless, hey, thank you for tuning in. Of course, know that we love you. Uh, know that Jesus loves you. And please, just wherever you are, whatever you're doing, don't be a moron. Don't
1: be a moron.
0: We'll see you later. All right, again, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Field Street Students podcast. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to it, share it. Hey, go the extra mile. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a nice uh, review. And we might return the favor by giving you a shout-out. Hey, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just remember that we love you. Jesus loves you. Don't be a moron. And we'll see you later.